0: Welcome to Flock Journey Podcast by Hoover's Hatchery. I'm your host, Kelsey Spots. At Hoover's Hatchery, we want to support you in raising chickens from our family farm to yours through your entire flock's journey. Whether you're an experienced backyard chicken owner or a new flock owner, there will be something here in store for you. Today on the podcast, we've got Brad from Coop Dreams. Brad is a former professional soccer player and a current soccer coach. He's the host of Coop Dreams, and he drove a lawnmower across the United States for Keep America Beautiful. He's married to Jackster, and they have college senior twins, Anna and Christian. Coop Dreams was launched in 2015 and is currently entering its seventh season. It has 64 episodes, all centered around chickens, but it also features goats, horses, a garden, cows, and bees. Brad, welcome to the podcast today. We are so excited to have you, um, and we're talking about coops today.
1: Well, thanks, Kelsey. I am thrilled to be on.
0: Good, good. We're so excited to you know dive deeper into coops. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Coop Dreams?
1: Sure. Coop Dreams is a it's a TV show started back in 2015. We were thinking about getting chickens, and as we started you know, looking online, trying to find things that fit us, and, and you know, coops is a great topic for this, because everything we were looking at were chandeliers and curtains and majestic coops and perfectly manicured lawns and flowers, and we're just like, that's not us, so we decided to try and, and, and do this, and we just document it, maybe through YouTube or something, and, and share it with individuals like us that are interested in starting out, but don't have perfectly manicured yards or the the ability to have a a $30,000 coup, And we're really fortunate that in 2015, uh, it was picked up by the Discovery Channel. And now we're in season seven, filming episode 65. It's just absolutely a whirlwind.
0: How did it kind of get started? I mean, can you tell our listeners just a little background on how it got started?
1: It's really weird because it's... it's not a straight line trajectory as I had the great fortune back in 1999 to work as the spokesperson for Keep America Beautiful. And in that capacity they asked me to drive a riding lawnmower across the United States to you know create some awareness for some of the community cleanups and recycling, reducing, um, reusing. Uh, and so when you're when you're doing a 70-day trip across the country on a lawnmower and you're speaking on behalf of keep America beautiful and talking about all their environmental elements, it becomes really difficult to not live in concert with the messaging. And so at that point, you know, my wife and I started thinking about how can we, you know, reduce our carbon footprint? How can we grow our own food? What what, what are the things that we can do to kind of live the messaging that we want to teach our kids and, and the people we want to meet? And chickens is the, you know, I hate to say it, it feels like it's the easiest entry point <laughs> into that. And so, you know, from back in 1999, that's where its roots had started. We had the plan to get chickens and, and start a garden. And now it's grown to just, you know, 10 goats, three horses, two cows, a cat. Three <laughs> dogs. It's out of control right now.
0: I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. We always say chickens are the gateway. I think I've said that on every podcast episode, but they really are the gateway into a whole bunch of other crazy things, which absolutely, is awesome. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, and I know our listeners are going to love to hear that. Make sure you check out Coop Dreams on their Facebook page and everything. And I'll link all of that in the description of the podcast. Um, one of the things you do with, um, with Coop Dreams is the Great American Coop Tour. So we thought that it would be perfect that we discuss coops here on the podcast with you. Um, but let's start with the basics of how big do you think that people's coops should be?
1: Yeah, and and I've changed in my thinking with this. I think early on when I started, I'm thinking, okay, what is the least I can spend or build to to make this happen? And, you know, when you're looking at some of the, the, the guides and the experts, you know, they're talking two to three square feet, maybe three to four square feet per bird inside the coop. That's about how big that you're going to want it. Um, And if you have a run that's attached, you might be looking four to 10 feet of actual square footage for them outside. So those are kind of guides that we went off of as we were building our our first coop. And we built it all out of reclaimed stuff that we found on the farm or or, or had on the farm. The problem that we didn't think about, we didn't really know chicken math at that time. Right. (laughs) So We didn't build for the future. And that's something that I would recommend for anybody that's getting into chickens go a little bit bigger than you think you want because it's a pretty addicting hobby
0: (laughs) yeah we like at hoover's hatchery we like that about the hobby is that people love it they love to be into it and they love to grow so i would agree with that really um just a little bit bigger than you think it should be that's perfect how about inside that coop what do what do our listeners need to know that needs to be inside of that coop
1: well i think you know if you're starting to look at um Health things, ventilation is a a key thing and you want ventilation up at the top so that moisture can dissipate, um, CO2 can dissipate, ammonia can dissipate, all of those things can create respiratory problems. And if the moisture doesn't have a place to escape, that can also create some mold and some issues there. So on on a health level, that's an important thing. And the the difficult part is trying to balance the ventilation with the the drafting. If it's a draft where the, the birds are sitting in a crosswind it's uncomfortable for them and it puts stress on them. So you want to make sure that your ventilation isn't something that that creates a draft for them. I think on the you know necessary side of things, you need nesting boxes because um, they're gonna lay eggs. And you know, they like those lower and, and darker places. So if you're building, you need to you need to consider that. Really, roosting bars are an important part. You know, they like to roost and, and be up off the ground when they sleep. Um, so that's an important fact. And then dropping boards or something to catch droppings has been a godsend for us. Initially, oh. it would just go to the, the, the floor of the coop and we'd have to clean it up off the floor. And then right. we just started getting these little like nylon, almost like a shelf liner that you can, can put down and just unroll underneath the roosting bar. And then it becomes really easy to clean up in the morning. You're just pulling this pad Smart. out, scraping it off and putting it back in.
0: Yeah, that's really smart. Yeah, I would have never really thought about that. That's awesome. Um, you talked about nesting boxes and roosts. How many right. do you think per bird, you know, how many do you think you need for those?
1: Yeah, well, the crazy part with nesting boxes is that they kind of say one nesting box for three to four chickens. But the, the crazy part is the chickens are always going to lay in the same one. Right. And it's going to drive <laughs> you crazy because you're going to be like, why did I build those other ones? Or, or why did I buy those other ones? But it's... Um, You know, one nesting box to three to four chickens, and don't be discouraged when they're just laying in one. And then, as far as roosting boxes, that's an interesting one because you know the the last coop that we have just has one uh, in one two by four that runs the length of it, and that's what it came with. And we opted to put another two by four on the other side of the coop just to give them an option. And then we had um, we we do something called Teaching Tuesdays on Facebook where we bring in an expert and we we their brain on some different things and we brought in Dr. Jeffrey Losey from Purdue to talk about animal husbandry and one of the things that he talked about was go find a nice sturdy branch or a stick and attach that into the coop so it's secure it doesn't have to be immobile but it's secure and you'll find that you're going to have less foot problems with your chickens and he said that when you have the same resting bar like a two by four that runs the length of your coop and they are gripping it no matter where they grip it on that two by four they're putting the same pressure points on their feet on that board. Wow! And so that can cause some foot problems. If you have a branch, the branch is not uniform in shape. And so no, they're gonna sit on different places in that branch. Even if it's just a, a half an inch, it's gonna be a different width, there might be a knot there. And so it's gonna create different um, stresses on their feet as opposed to the consistent place that would develop if it's like a two by four.
0: Right, wow, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's good you to know. A-
1: took me six years and the right guy right. To, to help me with that one.
0: That's awesome. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, in coops, do you suggest windows? I know we've gotten that question here at the Hatchery of windows in the coops. And is it necessary? Do you do you suggest it?
1: Yeah. I The one part, and I know I'm in my seventh year, so I have to probably view myself a little bit differently, but I still consider myself a rookie in learning. Right. So recommending things becomes tough for me because I, I don't think I'm even halfway into that journey of considering myself somebody who would give out, uh, you know, advice. So when I when I look at the window scenario, we have some coops that have no windows and we have some that have some windows. And and I like the windows in the respect of that, you know, if I go in at night, I can do a head count and I can, there's still enough light coming through either from the moon that I can see everybody and I don't need to have a, a flashlight or put my phone on. Um, I think they like i have no yeah. we've not we've not had a discussion but i think the chickens <laughs> actually like a window um, but then the other side of that is you know does it create another opportunity for predators yep. or does it put in some light that maybe deters them from um, laying eggs because they like dark spaces so i think right. you can go right or wrong i think it's going to go to your personal preference on that
0: sure yeah that's that's what we kind of say too, is that, you know, it's totally up to you as a chicken owner and what's best for your chickens.
1: You know, what's um, amazing with that is I'm, I'm a big believer in that, you know, cause we, we travel the country. And so somebody in Arizona is going to have different practices right. than somebody in Minnesota. Um, and they're not wrong, but there are a lot of lines in the sand that people say it has to be done this way. And it has to be done that way. And I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, that's one of the things I like about flock Journey is that you've got this site that has a lot of people contributing information to it and you can go there and you can pick and choose what you think is going to work for you and your yourself
0: right yeah that's really what we want here you know with flock journey is to make sure that a lot of different voices are being heard and that you know all areas of the country are being recognized and things like that yeah we agree that that's super important um, you mentioned with the windows predators and that windows could be a way that predators could potentially get in is there tips that you have to keeping predators out of the coop out of their
1: coops yeah it's it's incredible and in that you you devise some kind of defensive right. um, system for your coop and they'll figure out a way around it so it's a constant battle of trying to stay a step ahead but some of the things that we do are um, hardware cloth is is important as opposed to chicken wire I think i forget who said it somebody on, on one of our trips that chicken wire keeps chickens in but doesn't keep predators out right you need the thicker hardware cloth um, to do that so wrapping a, a coop and run in a hardware cloth is a good way and if you go with like i think it's a half inch square it's too small for like a raccoon to reach through we've actually had okay. with bigger holes predators reach through and they'll they'll just grab a bird and they can't get it out but they will they can do enough damage that it, it either kills or seriously injures bird. So hardware cloth is a good thing. Um, Burying a skirt, you know, when you look at hardware cloth, either going straight down or making it like an L where it's attached to the bottom of the coop. And then a couple inches under the ground, it kind of goes out from the coop because the, predator, the predator is gonna start right at the coop. And when they dig a couple inches down and hit the wire, they're not gonna be smart enough to think, well, if I go back 10 inches, dig down, and then dig forward 10 inches, I'll be right. under there. They give up at that point. So burying the skirt is one. Um, an enclosed top or putting, you know, somebody told me about fish line. If you don't have an enclosed top, fish line with CDs tied oh. to it. When the wind blows it, it creates a little bit of a reflection that can stop aerial predators or at least make them think. And then the one tip that I didn't think about that that came across was, don't build your coop or set your coop too close to the woods or brush because the predator can hide there. The chicken can't see it. And then it has less room to try and close in on the chicken. Whereas if the the coop is in the middle of the yard and everything is a great distance away, they've got a better chance to pick up any kind of danger.
0: Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of it either, but it does make sense. Awesome. Um, You had mentioned kind of the run and Mm -hmm. the, um, the making sure that there's something over the run what is there anything that needs to be inside of the run that you would
1: suggest well I I think you know it depends on how deep you want to go into it there nice. is um I don't know if you saw the piano playing chicken on America's Got Talent yes <laughs> they are awesome they have come to our coop camp they've been on, oh, on yeah. coop a couple times and they have an absolute Unbelievable chicken run. It has everything in there. It's got perches, it's got places to dust bathe, it's got feeders, waterers. And the one thing that was really cool that I never thought about was hiding spaces. You know, your chicken doesn't know that there is, if you have a covered run, they don't know that it's covered and that the hawk or the, the, the owl can't get in there. When they see it fly over, it creates this stress in them and so they had these hollowed out logs where when they saw anything in the air, they could go and they could hide inside these logs and they gave them hiding spaces in their runs so that they wouldn't be stressed out. They would have a place to go where they could escape what they thought might be an aerial attack.
0: Wow. That's really cool. I, yeah, that's awesome. I know we work with a couple um, and they have pallets just like on um, cylinders, like
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: cement blocks. That act as shade too, for and for hiding spaces too, but act as as shade in the summer, so they don't get any sunburn or anything, which I thought was interesting as well. Yeah,
1: that's that's a great idea, especially you know if you've got some you know amorous roosters that are creating some mm. some um, feather damage on the back of hens, right. keeping them giving them a place to get out of the sun is great. I think another thing, and and there's some engagement. Um, boredom buster type stuff you know sometimes in the runs you don't have the ability to have enough run to keep all the biology and grass and plants active it becomes sometimes you know just a, a, a dirt you know area and so if they love to scratch and peck so throwing down some straw and then throwing either some feed or some grubs or something in that straw so they can scratch and peck is a good thing to kind of break up the boredom and and so, getting creative with things like that is is fun because when you hit a home run and you see them having fun and, and working, it, right. it just makes you smile.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a podcast episode that we've got coming up is Boredom Busters Within oh, the Run. Awesome. Sets.
1: Let yeah, me know where that coming. I want to tune into that.
0: I will. I will. <laughs> um, so, you do the Great American Coop Tour, like I've mentioned at the beginning. I just didn't know if you could kind of share with us one of the coolest or most unique things that you've seen in in
1: a coop oh sure great great idea and that's that's one of the reasons why it it started is that everybody has unique things that they've developed that work for them that maybe you you didn't think of Um, and when you see it you're like that's brilliant and so we you know with coop dreams we have the great fortune of traveling the country and filming episodes in places and so there's kind of three things that come to mind in when you when you ask that question we were out in Texas and this the, the lady that was giving us a tour of her coop, she had shower curtains and she would get the, uh, the adhesive double-sided Velcro and she would attach around the perimeter of the shower curtain, one end of the Velcro, and then she would attach the other side of the Velcro to whatever opening she had. So if it started to rain, she could just take these shower curtains and Velcro them onto the areas to provide some dry spaces wow. or some some areas for the chickens to get out of the elements. And I thought that was pretty cool. Right. We were awesome. out in Colorado, and we were this this family turned a industrial um, commercial restaurant freezer into a coop. And when you talked about your pallets, this reminded me of seeing that because if if, it's a great idea, they put up roosting bars and that's probably as creative as I would have gotten, but they actually put it up on cinder blocks. And so now there was this area to hide and shade and stuff underneath the coop, which I thought was just brilliant because they just increased the space in the the area for, for the chickens by just making that little move. And then the third one that comes to mind is one in Georgia, where they had cameras in the coop where they could actually watch on their phone things that were going on if they heard some distress. In the back, they had a little coop and run in the back that was attached, but separate. So if they needed it as an infirmary, they could separate a chicken, or if they were integrating some chicks into their flock, they could all get to know each other, but not be able to peck one another.
0: Wow. That's that's really cool. I, I love the great American coop tour series that you've got. Um, and I can link some of those that are on YouTube, um, in the description as well, so that our listeners can check them out. Cause they really are cool. And it's so fun to see the different coops that people come up with. Like people just get so creative. I love it.
1: It really is. And there's so many great ideas that, that come right. from just seeing somebody else's setup.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um, before we let you go, Brad, we ask all of our guests on the podcast to share a funny or fun chicken story that they've got. Um, do you have one you could share with our listeners?
1: Well, it would probably be a, a, a series of stories around one of our, our roosters. We, we recently lost him. His name was, was Pokey Jr. And he used to run the chicken yard. And then as happens, another rooster hit puberty and took over and he took over to the place where he didn't just want to be the lead rooster. He didn't want Pokey Jr. around. So after a while, he just picked Pokey Jr. out of the, the chicken yard. And, you know, we thought we lost him. And then we came home one day and he is, he started roosting on the back porch. We would leave the, the back porch open for the cat to get in and out. And we found him roosting at night on a bucket, which is awesome because it's so easy to clean up when they right. roost on a bucket. And then he kind of became almost a house chicken. He would go for coffee in the morning. He'd hop in the car. If you were driving the lawnmower, he'd come and sit on your lap, driving the tractor. He would come and sit on. I made a sidecar on the tractor and just attached it with bungee cords because he'd hop up there and he'd just sit and take a nap while you were cutting the lawn. So he was, he was uh, an interesting rooster that you know, did something unique almost every single day.
0: Oh, that's awesome! I love it. Yeah, Pokey, I followed along with Pokey Junior's story a little bit on your um, social media channels. So it's that's fun to hear that he became a house chicken at the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he was something he went from the the top rooster, and he would he was so protective of his hands. He would attack people. You know, our cameraman had gashes on his legs. Oh gosh! He was this unbelievably protective rooster, right. and then after a while, he became this really soft, gentle chicken that wanted to be in your arms all the time.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool! Um, I'm gonna say one more thing before I do let you go. Can you just let the, let our listeners know about the Friday Night Introvert Club?
1: Yes, uh, I don't know if it's overly common in chicken keeping. I am a huge <laughs> introvert, and so um, keeping chickens has been a great stress reliever for me after a day where you're you're talking and around people and in you know meetings. And, and it's, it's been a great way for me to decompress. And, and what I found is, as I started talking about, you know, being an introvert, and that when I, when I go to a meeting, or when I go to a room, and there's new people there, I'm, I kind of just sit there, it, it'll take a while for me to get involved in the conversation, just because of, you know, kind of how I'm wired. As I started putting that out through some of our our Facebook posts, found out that a lot of chicken keepers consider themselves introverts as well. So we started a Friday night introverts club where us chicken keepers get together on Friday night. We have some fun facts. We have some things that we learn. We give away some prizes, but it's a great chance for introverts to hang out together, but still be alone in your house.
0: Yes. And it's great for this this pandemic that we're in. We can't go anywhere anyways. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brad, for your time. Um, we look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Kelsey, this was awesome. Thanks so much.
0: You can keep up with Brad and his entire crew on their website, CoopDreams.tv, on their Facebook page or on their Instagram page, coop TV. They also have a YouTube channel where we, you can see some of their great American coop tour. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Flock Journey Podcast. Make sure you join us next Tuesday. We're going to be talking all about raising winter chicks. Um, Make sure you subscribe on your favorite listening services, and we'll talk to you next week.